Welcome to the Mediate.com podcast with Veronica Kramer. All right. Well, hey there, and thanks for joining me for another great episode. So today I'm excited because we are going to talk about reducing the environmental impact of your mediations. And I'm so excited for today's guest. Today's guest is Ian McDuff. And Ian has recently been elected to join the board of the International Council for Online Dispute Resolution. He was, until February 2022, director of the Center for ICT Law at Auckland Law School. Prior to that, he was associate professor of law and director of the Dispute Resolution Initiative at Singapore Management University. And for a number of years, a faculty member at Victoria University of Wellington School of Law. He has been a practicing mediator for nearly 40 years in commercial, environmental, policy, intercultural, family, online mediation, and other fields. He was a member of the Independent Standards Commission of the International Mediation Institute and a member of IMI's Task Force on Intercultural Mediation Accreditation, a member of the Global Organizing Committee of the Global Pound Conference Series, and a fellow of the National Center for Technology and Dispute Resolution. And he has authored uh, several books. He is the co-editor of Ethnic Conflict and Successionism in South and Southeast Asia, contributing author of Dispute Resolution in New Zealand, and of Guidelines for Family Mediation, and a contributing author to an Asian perspective on mediation. He's also the editor of Essays on Mediation, Dealing with Disputes in the 21st Century. And I want to add, he is also a fellow podcaster. He is the host of the iCoder podcast. So with that, Ian, welcome to the Mediate.com podcast, and thanks for being on the show. Oh, my thanks to you, Veronica. Thank you for setting this up. Wonderful. Yeah, this is going to be great fun. And so I should share with our guests. So through the magic of technology, we are able to come together because you are in New Zealand. I'm in the United States. It's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night for me, and it's Wednesday afternoon for you, which is great yep. fun. So um, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm so excited to be talking about this topic. So, you know, I thought maybe we could just kick things off. Can you talk about the Mediator's Green Pledge and how it came about? Happily, thank you. Um, <clears throat> if I back up a bit, too, this, this for me is, is a kind of fortuitous bringing together of threads that have been part of my life for a long time. One of the ways in which I got into mediation was environmental mediation. And now coming almost full circle and seeing mediation as an environmentally sound, potentially environmentally sound way of dealing with disputes. It's, for me, it's a kind of nice, not closing the circle, but you know, wrapping up with some threads here. The Green Pledge, um, it's, as I found out, in fact, over the last couple of days, it's one of a number of Green Pledges. Um, Green green promises, green pledges are something we've seen quite a lot in corporate practice and corporate advertising. But <clears throat> a couple of years ago, one of my colleagues based in Edinburgh in, in Scotland, John Sturrock, um, who was also a fellow author on the Clover Mediation blog, which I was until I, I stopped that about a year ago. John wrote a, a blog before the pandemic shutdown wondering just thinking out loud about ways in which mediation could be could be a greener practice or the ways in which we could make our mediation practices greener 
Uh, and some of the initiative for that came from Lucy Greenwood and, and her work with green, green Arbitration and people who want to look up that, if just search on the name Lucy Greenwood and Green Arbitration, they've got a, a little bit of free advertising. They have a, a, a very, very well thought out website and, and, uh, and strategies. And then the pandemic hit and most mediators said, oh, if I back up a bit, a lot of mediators had, had a skeptical view of, of online mediation because mediation is by definition kind of warm, cuddly, friendly way of dealing with the disputes. It's face to face, it's in the same room, see the whites of their eyes. There's something about the very personal nature of dealing with the disputes that didn't seem to, to gel with the idea of being online. There had been, probably still is, a degree of resistance until the pandemic. And then a lot of mediators realized that if they were going to carry on working, they had to go online. And uh, almost immediately on LinkedIn, I don't know if you follow any of this, but on LinkedIn, very quickly and, uh, and yeah, somewhat um, cynically, I think, a, a lot of images start to appear of people showing what their, their office setups were with twin screens and microphones and all the, all the right kind of lights showing that they could work online. So the two things going on here. One is uh, mediation was able to migrate online and maybe not change an awful lot in the way in which it was being conducted. The other thing uh, that happened during the course of the pandemic, which you may well have noticed where you are in Ohio, is that um, as as we move things online, as people work from home, as people stop driving, people stop flying, the birds came out, the otters came out, the, the deer walked into town. Uh, we could we could hear ourselves breathe, and and the air quality improved remarkably. There are several photographs from particularly China and India showing this stunning improvement of air quality when people stopped driving. So. The well, that's a that's a long answer, but in the, the briefer version is that um, John and several of us, about eight of us initially, started to think about ways in which not only was mediation already a reasonably green practice in that it could be conducted online, but also mediation itself could be made greener. The ways in which we do our practice, which led to drafting the green pledge, and. Uh, so what, what we find online with, with the Green Pledge, um, which people can find at WOMACC.org, uh, or, or they just can do a search on, on uh, Media's Green Pledge, is a, an undertaking to seek to make your practice in mediation, parallel and arbitration, as environmentally low impact as possible. So that's Broadly, how it came about, and our small group we meet about, well, we were meeting once a month, meeting this way. Um, I've got one colleague who now is about an hour and a half drive from where, where I now live in Wellington. I've never met her in person, and she's in New Zealand. Another colleague in Germany, never met in person. Another colleague um, outside of London, never met in person. The others I have met in person. <clears throat> Oh, that's that's our little group has met regularly to refine and develop the um, the pledge, and it's now translated also, as you will see on the website, into about fifteen languages. 
and we've got two or three more in the pipeline. Um, so we've got about close to 650 signatories from around the world. That's quite exciting in a, in a quiet sort of way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds very exciting. And uh, for our listeners, we'll go ahead and put the link to the website in Thank the show you. notes so that everyone yep. can access that easily. Yep. Uh, so I wanted to follow up with you. So when we think about you know, greener practices for mediation, are we just focused on reducing the number of in-person mediations or reducing the amount of paper that gets printed? I mean, is ODR the answer? Yeah, come come back to that that last question in, in a moment because um, if ODR is the answer, it depends on what the question is. Um, but in terms of your your broad question, what does this involve? Uh, I was chatting with our our colleague Colin Rule the other day at, as one of our podcasts, and and he said he he had looked up or he tried to work out what his carbon footprint was that any of us can do this online. And he was pretty happy with the way in which it looked. He's vegan and has solar panels and drives an e-car and da, da 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 until they asked him that last question, which is how many international flights have you taken in the last year? And then his footprint just went sky high. And a lot of the mediators we have been in touch with are commercial mediators who uh, may do quite a lot of travel. Some of the, the better known ones, and there's a handful of them here in New Zealand, many more in the States, a lot in Europe, who have done a lot of international travel. So the big one is, is travel. And I now have some colleagues, including John Stark, who kicked this thing off, who now will turn down mediations if it involves flying. And, and that's a significant erosion of, of uh, income potential but it's the kind of trade-off you make if if the reason for doing this is uh, finding ways of just having less impact on on the planet then flying is one of them so flying um reducing reducing travel anyway um because your car is if it's not an e-car e is also um sending carbon out into the atmosphere Paper, you mentioned, reducing the amount of paperwork. One of my colleagues, um, Jonathan Lloyd-Jones, who's part of our, our core group, has for some years prior to this, has not uh, not taken paper paper files. And even about probably within the last five or seven years, the Environment Court here in New Zealand has moved entirely over to tablets, iPads, instead of having everyone turn up with huge... Um, a, you know these large um, folders and files, so it's reducing that kind of impact. And and you know I, we needn't go through it in detail, but if, if people want to check through the website, there are some suggestions in which we can just ex examine our examine our practice. How 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 high is the aircon or central heating turned? Um, have you been using single-use uh, cups for your for tea and coffee? Uh, what other disposables are you are you using in your office? So it's a number of ways of examining what it is we do that can change. But I need also, and this is probably a slight political turn here, I need to enter a caveat in that while this is what we can do, it's partly the answer to your next question, is ODI the answer? No, it's not. The, the answer is um, a much larger systemic change. Um, but 
we can't sit around and twiddle our thumbs until that happens because the political will is not always there um, and the commercial opposition is always there. So until such time as the larger changes take place in, in the structure of our economies, then we have to look at what it is we do. And you know, one of the advantages of living where we do now in, in central Wellington is we, we park our car and don't touch it for five days because we walk everywhere. And uh, and I'm just stunned having just moved back here after years away of seeing the number of people on e-bikes. This is a windy, hilly city. If you think Chicago, this is um, as windy. And, and yet you see people on their e-bikes everywhere. So people are making those transitions. So it's... Um, First part of your question, Veronica, is what what is it involved? Is what what are the things in in your practice you can change? And, and my God, I mean, I look at, I look around this office that I'm in. Unfortunately, you can't see it because you know I've got a laptop in front of me, an iPad over the side, another iPad over that side, a phone over there. Uh, fortunately, the heating is not turned on. Uh, but you know, are there ways in which we can change uh, our practice to just reduce our impact? That's about it. Is ODR the answer? Do you do, do you still have that question? No, no, no. I no. I think yeah. you've answered it, and it, it sounds like it's really just a matter of kind of assessing your whole practice. That yep. you know there are there are even ways to start small. If you are a mediator who is not already thinking about the environmental impact of your process yep. of your practice, rather um, that maybe you could start with, like for example, you gave the example of you know reducing single use cups. Right. Like yeah. when you have parties in a mediation, maybe you don't use single use cups or you, know, you mentioned switching from paper files to digital files. That it mm -hmm. sounds like um, it, it gives the ability to the mediator to be able to decide what works best in their practice. And yep. so I'm curious, you know, as you as a mediator thinks about all of this, you know, you think about you know, what does a mediator do? Part of what a mediator does is empower party self-determination. And so one thing I'm wondering to get your perspective is if a mediator wants to be mindful about how their mediation practices impact the environment, how does a mediator balance the green pledge, for example, with, you know, what about if you have parties who really want to be in person and mm -hmm. really want to send you a stack of paper files. How do you balance that? Sure. Uh, important question is, is one which we do get asked. Can I go back to what is this? We're talking about the green pledge and that word pledge. Uh, we had a fabulous and fabulously difficult time with the translations. Uh, if you think a simple word, which you and I probably think we understand, the pledge, Try translating that into Italian, German, French, Chinese, Czech, Greek. And the question come back was because each of us found a translator and then had the translation checked. But I don't know whether you speak second or third languages. But think of, you know, what word would I use for pledge? Is it a promise, a commitment, undertaking? Um, and in a way, what's the continuum from, from voluntary to compulsory? And... And we wanted to find a way of saying, this is an undertaking you make to yourself. This is something that I will commit to try to do. But we're not going to give you a hard time if you can't do it. Um, but it's just a way of becoming more self-aware. The word you used before was mindful. I think it's a, it's a 
a term very widely used and sometimes misused, but it's where we're looking around what is really turn the lights off as you, as you leave the room. Don't leave the tap running. You know, yeah, all those little things. But the pledge, the pledge is just that. I mean, I was um, working with a person who was doing the German translation, and there were so many different options ranging from um, do what you like, but try very nicely, please, to you will do this. And we wanted to find that sweet spot where the pledge means, Veronica, you, you're keen on the outcome. What are the ways in which you think you can change your practices? So I want to go back to that. I wanted to go back to that word pledge. Now back to your question in terms of um, what does the mediator can do? Of course, if your parties say we absolutely insist on meeting in person, you're not going to stop them. Uh, because the pledge does not require you to force your your your, your parties to stay at arm's length. The other side of it is there will be parties who cannot do things at arm's length, who, who don't have access to the technology. So this is not an iron law of, of online dispute resolution. Um, and it's something also that you alluded to is, is asking mediators to think of the small ways in which they can make changes, the non-disposable cups, etc. So if, if the parties insist, as parties and particularly lawyers have post-pandemic, although actually in New Zealand we're not actually post-pandemic, we're back into the next spike, um, but as parties have said or their council have said, we want to meet in person, um, you may try to ask them whether or not there are better ways of doing that, but if that's what they really want to do, then that's what they will do. And because you, you've captured also the important part of mediation, which is the important element of party autonomy. But, but one thing on that, and something that I've enjoyed thinking about as the way of the mediator's recitation as you start off, which is part of what's important about mediation is the integrity of the space that we're meeting in. And uh, and that can be the physical space where you meet under um, something very special about the, if I use the word sanctity, I don't want to be sanctimonious about it, but you know, there's something special about that space. Um, can you create that space online? I don't know. Not not It's not going to be the same. Um, but what the mediator is going to be doing in his or her mediation is creating that mediation space, whether it's online or offline. Um, and if, if the parties insist on having paper copy, you can, again, ask them whether there are other ways in, in, they might do it. But, you know, in legal practice and courts and elsewhere, people, the systems are moving a lot more to moving away from paper. So this, this is not going to be a big issue. Yeah, no, that's that's certainly the trend, especially as you mentioned yeah. since since um, the pandemic. Um, so I'm curious too. You, know, you mentioned a little bit earlier that there have been a number of mediators that have signed the Green Pledge, yeah. and I think you gave a couple of examples of how those particular mediators have um, Im implemented practices to help reduce mm -hmm. the environmental impact. So I'm curious, have you received any feedback from mediators who signed the pledge, just in terms of how their changes have been received by their clients in mediation? A few. Um, <clears throat> what we've got is a small handful of mediators who, who said, as a result of this and the pandemic, and we don't know which causes what, well, we don't know mediation is obviously not causing the pandemic, um, but mediators, some mediators have chosen uh, for both 
convenience and environmental reasons to migrate their practices wholly online. It's there's almost been a bit of a revelatory moment for some thinking from thinking that this simply could not be done um, because mediation doesn't work that way thinking. It actually works that way. And one of the bits, well, a couple of bits of feedback. One is that the mediators have found, the mediators from whom we have heard, is that to their great surprise, they like working this way. Um, they, it was unexpected, I suspect. The other is, is that it works well for their clients because um, it's possible to have asynchronous mediation. And also, if you, you know, in New Zealand, it's less of an issue. We're only a little, we're a long, thin country. And we think of, say, Singapore, which is only 45 kilometers wide and 25 kilometers deep. There is not an issue of distance. And it's a country with a very good public transport infrastructure. So getting around is not an issue. But um, if you can do this from your office, why would you drag someone to your office if for the sake of a 20-minute mediation or a half-hour meeting, you can do it from, from the comfort of your own home. So parties and mediators have found, actually, this works quite well, particularly with things like document sharing, online signing, e-signatures, shared, um, shared secure folders. Um, there's little that can't be done. So we, you know, we haven't had a torrent of feedback by any means because that's, we've not actually sought that well, that's something we could do. Um, but those who have responded have said that um, they are moving or are thinking of moving their practices as much as possible online. Um, and if there are good environmental reasons to do so, even more strength to them. Oh, yeah. And so I'm wondering, can you talk about the future of the Green Pledge? So, for example, if, if a listener goes to the website, I mean, are there any best practices of, you know, practices in your in your mediation office that can help the environment? I know you've talked about some of them. Or are there any collaborations with other organizations coming up? Sure. Can you just talk about kind of the future of the Green Pledge? Uh, I've got laptops and things like that, but I don't happen to have a crystal ball here. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's, that's, that's the next thing to have, provided that it's digital, of course. Um, yeah, we, we're taking baby steps at the moment, Veronica, um, and, and our our website is, is constantly evolving. There is a, a, a section there where there's examples and practice, and there's three or four of those people who've migrated their practices online, not taking paper. Uh, <clears throat> so we're, we're looking for more of those examples. The other thing that folks will find on this website and also on the Arbitrators Green Pledge website uh, is a range of suggestions as to what you might look at. The kinds of things we talked about before in terms of central heating, aircon, um, non non disposable cups, and, and so on. So, but it's just ways of looking, basically looking around and taking taking a a scan of the space in which you operate and thinking, are there ways in which I I might change this. So that, yes, there are suggestions online. The other part of your question, collaboration with, with other organizations, that again is something, well, two parts to that. One is that we've we've already held a couple of webinars. So, um, and, and links to those can be found on, on the website. The other is on the, uh, there's a, a link on our website called supporters. And there's about 20 organizational or mediation organizations 
which have um, which have basically signed up. There's no um, no test to sign up, um, but you know, Singapore Mediation Centre, um, ODR Latin America, um, um, Scottish Mediation, the Mediators Institute of Ireland. There's a number of mediation organisations which have signed up, and which also have their green commitments. Um, one of the the my podcast conversational partners I spoke with just the other day is um, is, is based in in Athens, and uh, and his his link is up there as, as well, and and he too has a, a green pledge. So it's looking for kind of the um, what's the word I'm looking for the optimal number of people as we're looking for the the significant mass of people who in, in this line of business who are working this way and you know if, if I go back 40 years when I started in the mediation business it was seen to be weird loopy something that was totally unnecessary I was practically thrown out of a senior lawyer's room for even mentioning mediation um, which senior lawyer I now have to say well those retired uh, ran away from lawyer, lawyering to become a very senior mediator uh, one of our good news stories but what's what started out as fringe wacky not quite proper um, has become quite mainstream in the same way that thinking green about the way in which you conduct your practice whatever that practice might be um, will become more conventional so we're, we're taking baby steps but we uh, we're quite proud of what we've we've done so far, and particularly with the thrilled with the level of support we're getting from um, from around the world. Always, oh, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely! It sounds like you're building really great momentum. Yeah, yeah, we're we're very happy with that. Well, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, Ian, this has been a really great episode. If any listeners want to connect with you to continue the conversation, how can they do so? Less a matter of connecting with me, Veronica, because I'm only one, <clears throat> one little cog in, in the system, but um, there on the website there is a, a contact option which will put them in touch with, with Emma, who is our uh, um, Edinburgh-based admin person, who can answer questions about signing up as either a, an individual signatory or as a supporting organization. So but that, uh, yep, there's a page there where you can sign up. There's a link online. <clears throat> and because we are a, a shoestring organization, don't expect an immediate reply because uh, Emma only works a couple of days a week, but um, but works up about five days worth in those two days, as as you will probably understand. But well, very you, cool. contact through the website. Sounds good. Sounds good. And hey, do you want to share any additional information about the iCoder podcast while you're at it? Uh, only to the extent that we now have four and probably later today, my time, or even later today, your time, the, the next um, podcast will be up. And that's the one with, with Petros Sudomis in, in uh, Athens. That should go up in the next few hours. Uh, and next week, I'll be talking with a colleague in Nigeria. So we're, we're trying to get a picture around the world of what's going on in, in the ODR world. And then I'll be back to the States for a while, then off to Italy and to Spain. I get to travel quite a bit, but travel yeah. virtually. So no, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely connection with, with um, ODR colleagues. And, uh, and there are, there's, there's stuff that I'm learning that I, I would not have known about before, particularly talking with Colin about the metaverse. Don't even go there. It's <laughs> beyond my tiny brain, but but Colin is, is wonderfully articulate on that. But no, it's a, it's it's a fun series. I'm enjoying it. 
Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, no, I, I've had the chance to check it out and I've, I've enjoyed it so far as well. And Thank you. yeah, I'll just say about podcasting too. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about podcasting is having interesting conversations with others where I have a chance to learn things that, you know, maybe weren't on my radar at the moment. So yeah, that's very Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Yep. I might have to come back and interview you. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Yep. Well, yep. hey, Ian, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. My very great pleasure. I'd love to see you again. Well, of course, our pictures won't be up online, but lovely to hear you again. <laughs> I know. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, friends. Well, that wraps up another great episode of the Mediate.com podcast. We'll talk to you next time. This podcast was brought to you by Mediate.com. For more information about Mediate.com's programs and content, please visit our website at www.mediate.com.